welcome back. And tonight, we actually have had a guest that we've had on our show in the past, actually, on the second episode of our show, and that is my mom. <laughs> Hi, everybody. So, we're going to do pretty much what we did last time, and we're actually going over Proverbs 1-7 this evening. I want to get her opinion and, like, her point of view on it, because it's a verse that I don't think a lot of people understand, and I didn't understand it until I was standing in our kitchen with a notebook open and a Bible open and, like, seven different websites open on my laptop, kind of diving into it. And so, Proverbs 1-7 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. It's pretty interesting, huh? It's kind of like, what does that mean? Exactly, yeah. So, I'm going to ask you, what do you think fear of the Lord means? Let's start on the very first four words of the verse. Well, okay, so you and I were just talking about this in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I was chewing on it a little bit. A lot of our deep conversations happen in our kitchen, guys. It's really funny. Like, that's where all of them happen is in our kitchen. (laughs) I don't know. Happens in the car, too, sometimes. Sometimes. You know, the fear of the Lord, I think, is just... And I was just looking it up to make sure I was on par with it. It is that reverence and that awe you have for the Lord Mm -hmm. of who He is and what is what he is worthy of and what is due him. Yeah, like that deep honor and respect towards him because he deserves, excuse me, the utmost respect and honor. Yes. And so it is an an opening of one's eyes to understanding that and then continually living in that. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. So when I looked it up, I took these notes on it. So it's like, Here's a partial definition of fear. There are multiple other definitions of fear, but one of them is, we both just kind of mentioned, is the profound reverence and awe mm-hmm. of someone or something. And it can be used in two ways. It can serve as an adjective, meaning like the fear and awe that God is himself, or the fear, awe, and respect we as humans have for the Lord of the Lord and the relationship we have with him. Absolutely. So it's got a couple of different meanings, but it all goes back to the awe and the respect and honor to the Lord our God. It's not the fear of I'm afraid, like I'm a, I'm scared. It's no, I have a healthy fear, which is that deep honor and respect. And I think it is something then that guides your life. I don't want to say it's a guiding principle. It is a guiding awareness of the Lord's existence, who he is, again, what he's worthy of, mm-hmm. and living according to that. Yeah, I completely agree. So the second part is foundation, or some translations usually say beginning. Um, I have an NLT translation, so that says um, foundation. So fear of the Lord is the foundation or beginning of true knowledge. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking on that... um. So this was a note that I'm quoting here that I thought actually fit this really well. So it goes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning foundation of the knowledge and it should hold chief position, place of authority in our lives and that we will obtain knowledge and put it into its proper place. Yes. So that way it won't become an idol because we know there are some amazingly smart people out there who have turned knowledge into their idol because we in our world, I believe, perceive knowledge as power. Because mm-hmm. we don't live, sadly, we don't live in Marvel comics and we don't have super speed and super strength and all this. So knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. So 
that note is a little choppy, and it's literally a direct quote, but I think it it makes sense. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge. Of what knowledge, though? We're getting to that. Ooh, okay. That's the next part, the knowledge. What is the knowledge? Okay. So, back to what I was saying real quick. It's the beginning of the knowledge that... It's, it's actually weird. It's knowledge within itself. It's the beginning of the knowledge... That knowledge should not hold chief position, uh-huh. but it should be close, but God should hold chief position. It's the knowledge of the knowledge. Okay. Isn't that kind of, it's kind of funky. I get that. But it, it kind of makes sense. And okay, what's the knowledge? Yes. Solomon, throughout the Bible, Solomon claims that true knowledge rests on the, rests on the fear of the Lord and it's information apart. Hold on. I'm totally reading this wrong. Hold on. Where'd the note go? I just had it. Sorry, guys. There we go. I also got my wrong note. In the Bible, knowledge refers to examples, truths, and commands that God wants us to know, heed, and believe. Yes. And sorry, guys. I literally, the notes are, like, written the same, but on opposite sides of the notebook, and I was literally looking at the wrong one. It's that knowledge is The knowledge that God has provided with us, the examples that we find throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, the truths that we find, Mm -hmm. and the commands. And he wants us to know them, heed them, and believe them. Well, I think that he is the origination of those truths. He is the origination of knowledge. So when we have a fear of the Lord, and we live according to that... We will live in a way where we acknowledge and abide by moral truths. Because truth has morality to it, whether we like it or not. And truth has a, there is a universal consequence with truth. Meaning, gravity exists. So the truth of the matter is, if an apple falls from a tree it falls down to the ground yeah it's gonna hit the ground those are based on universal truths there is an order to it and so the lord has put into this world not only the physical truths such as gravity but he's also put into this world the moral truths and like it or not you know you reap what you sow so yes you do if you pursue the the good morality, then you are going to reap the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. But if you sow things other than morality, there is a truth that says you will reap those benefits and those negative consequences. Yeah, you will. And when you have the fear of the Lord, that is the foundation for deciding. And discerning which, that. And discerning which truth is going to govern your life. Yeah, which truth is the, I think it's like which truth is the true truth, and I don't want to get into like one truth is this, but a truth is another because it's not like truth is truth. No one's, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I don't. This is one thing that I do hate in this world nowadays is, it's my truth, so therefore it's true. That it that within itself is not true. It can't mm-hmm. be because then I'm you're speak my truth because then you're literally contradicting the word truth. Like it's not. It's literally not even possible, and. The note that I was beginning to read, which was not the note I was planning mm-hmm. on reading at the moment, was Solomon is claiming true knowledge rests on the fear of the Lord. Information apart from God can only get us so far in attaining true wisdom. 
Mm-hmm. And that true wisdom, a part of that is discerning as we just talked about. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's about, it's part of that true wisdom is that discernment. So discernment is interesting. I have been praying for discernment in my life and in your life mm-hmm. that you would have discernment for, gosh, about a year or so now. And true discernment can only come from the Lord. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, not only the knowledge of things that are, but how about understanding the underlying currents that are happening when you don't have something tangible. Yeah. And understanding something that you can't touch, see, or feel, but you have discernment to to know about it. Mm-hmm. Would you like, when you are done, to read the definition of discernment to find it and read it? Sure, I'll look it up. Yeah. I, I know the word, I kind of know the basis of it, the basics of it, but the more you're kind of talking, I'm like, I really want to know the deep definition of discernment. So we're actually going to pull that up. Because it's, it's something we use in our every, everyday lives. We, we use discernment in a lot of things, more than you even realize. So it says discernment is the ability to judge well. Hmm, that's very judgment. simple. So now we're into judgment. Do you have good judgment or bad judgment? So it's literally a fancy word for something simpler, in a way. And in Christian contexts, perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. Hmm. So discernment is to understand or know things through the power of the spirit. It includes perceiving the true character of people and the source and meaning of spiritual manifestations. I love that because that makes actually a lot of sense because we have judgment as humans, but then we also, when we have God in our lives and we have the spirit, you hear that voice in your head that's kind of nagging at you that can kind of help you make decisions. So that actually makes a lot of sense that discernment is actually comes from the spirit. That's what... Yeah. We hear, or that's what we're going with when we listen to the Spirit. This also lastly says, the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. And another um, synonym for discernment is insight, Hmm. sensitivity, intellect, wisdom, perception, um, perceptiveness. And the list goes on and on. Yeah, it does. That's really cool. Yeah, but I, that's one thing um, I just... Or clear-sightedness. What a great way to put it. Clear-sightedness. Yeah. Wisdom. It ties back into that knowledge, into that true wisdom thing. I love how discernment within itself is a type of wisdom. To have that, that well-judgment, to be able to mm-hmm. decide, well, okay, am I going to turn left or right? Which way is it going to take me? Exactly. Like, we use discernment, I think, like I was mentioning, more than we even realize, I feel like, in our lives. And it is also spiritual, so it's like, the Spirit's talking to you. There's that mm-hmm. discernment that, okay, this is, the Spirit says this, but then the world says this. Uh-huh. So, now that you say that, one of the things, when people say, I'm just going to speak my truth, or this is my truth, and we hear that out in the world a lot. The world is constantly bombarding us with, literally, with what, the, with what could be perceived as its own morality or, or 
the truth or a truth, and I put that in quotes, um, telling us that this is okay, that is okay, accept this, accept that. No one stops to actually dissect what the world is telling them and think about it. Well, is that really a true thing? Can that really exist what they are saying? Yeah, can it happen? Can it happen? Is it, is it possible? Here's one I'm going to throw out there. Is it biologically possible? Because the world likes to tell us. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you're going there. <laughs> contrary to, you know, truth, that certain things are biologically possible. So many people go through life just accepting what they hear, what they're told, what the world is What they're giving given them. to them. Mm-hmm. What they're being fed without stopping and using discernment to say, well, wait a minute. I don't know if that is possible. I'm going to think on that for a moment. I'm going to look for truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to weigh that against truth and see yeah. if, if there's any validity to it. I already said this, but I'm going to say it again. Just because someone says it's their truth doesn't actually make it true because then you're literally contradicting the word truth. Like you literally, it's not possible for this to be true for someone else and not true for, and for someone else, I guess I'm using someone else twice in the same sentence. It's not possible. The truth is literally, well, it's truth. It's singular. It's singular. It's what is fact, what is written, what actually can happen. There isn't no, oh, this is truth for me and that's truth for you. And this isn't truth for me, but it is truth for you. There's none of that because it doesn't make sense. It literally contradicts the word truth. It's not, it's so it's not plural. No, it's not plural. It's it not is possible. a very singular thing. Yeah. And that is True the and false. beauty. Yes. Simple. That is that the beauty simple. of morality. And that is the beauty of what God has set up in this world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we have to be jerks about things. I'm not saying we have to beat other people over the head with it because everything needs to be pursued in love. Done but in what love. What I'm saying is that you can take what someone tells you and you can you can say okay that is actually not truth yeah and i am going to love them and i'm going to show them the truth through love mhm so I, I, again like you and i talk about and like our pastor talks about a lot just loving people yeah bringing them back in love mm-hmm. I know that's a little off topic right there. No, but it's but part of it. It is part of it. Yeah. I like the last part of this verse, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. That we've always heard because it's true. It's like, there we go, true. Like, see, true is literally one thing. It can't be multiple things. Fools do despise the wisdom and they do dis- despise discipline because it goes against what they want, especially the godly wisdom and discipline it makes them to have to be responsible to someone else mm-hmm. other than themselves and takes away that mini godness of themselves that they want to have. Yeah. Yeah. And I have two thoughts on that. That's that's very good, Allie. Two thoughts. Number one, I was thinking about this. Let's change this up a little into a very practical application. Okay. I am a I am a child. I'm ten years old. Okay. The fear of my father helps me understand that if I steal this candy in the store, <laughs> I am breaking my dad's moral rule. Yep. And you're gonna get your butt whooped. That's beside the point. <laughs> but you would. Point. 
<laughs> if I despise that, I'm going to steal the candy. Mm-hmm. So going back to that fear of your father, you know, sometimes it starts with that. It starts with my dad's morality keeps me from doing things I shouldn't do. And I have respect for my dad. Therefore, I follow his morality. Mm-hmm. That's a very just break it down practical yeah. application right there. Your view of your earthly father always influences your view of your heavenly father because he is described as a father. Mm-hmm. It does. And that is a whole nother episode that I would actually love to get dad on because he is, he's a father. I'd love to have that conversation another time because that'd be a really good one. That would be. Uh, it's very true. Um, but with that said, I mean, so then the child doesn't act out, doesn't steal the candy. Because no, they have that fear. That, because they have that, that healthy, fear. That healthy fear. There's a difference there. That yes. healthy fear of, I respect my father, not, oh, I'm going to get abused and neglected and everything. No, it's that healthy fear of, I'm going to respect, I respect my father, so I'm not going to take this and I don't want to get spanked. My hmm. dad says not to do this. My dad says that is stealing. My dad says there is consequences. You know, my mm-hmm. dad will not be pleased. All those things drive your decision based on the fear you have for your father. So that's one way to look at it. And I I lost, oh, using, uh, going to the word fool in there. Mm-hmm. What does it say? But fools despise wisdom and discipline. When, growing up, whenever I read the Bible and it used the word fool, I just, I guess... It was never said this way, but I guess I just kind of thought, well, fools are are people who aren't Christians. Christians can't be fools. They're talking about the non-Christian. They're talking about the unsaved. They're talking about these wildly crazy people who make horrible decisions all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, while well, we see people that are foolish, we have to remember that we can be saved and still be fools. And still be a biblical fool. Yeah, because we're not, we don't have that respect, that fear. We don't listen. It's like, we can be saved and we can say we believe in God. But if we're going against everything that he says, are we really? If we are dig we in our fools? heels on something, let's say you're you're walking through life and you are loving the Lord and you're just living your little Christian life. Mm-hmm. But there is something in you. That when it comes up, you dig in your feet, your heels, and you get stubborn about it. And you don't want to submit it to God. Or you don't want to do the right thing. The Spirit says, that discernment. You don't want to follow that discernment. That's being a biblical fool. Fool in the Bible isn't just, oh, you're stupid. Like you would say on the playground at school, you're a fool. Like you're stupid. No, there's a difference. It's that not using that discernment and listening to God and digging your heels in. That's a biblical Someone fool. who does not heed discernment and the word of and God. awe of God. Mm-hmm. And that can be, that could be me. That could be you. Yeah. That could be your pastor. We have all been a biblical fool and will still continue to be a biblical fool sometimes. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I don't, I hate saying this sometimes because it's like, because we're in a broken world, it sounds like such an excuse, but it's also the truth. Like we are broken and we are still going to fall into this sometimes we have to be aware of it and try to prevent it but it is going to happen sometimes we've all been a biblical fool and we will again be a biblical fool on something because that's just that's that nature that's a heart issue it is it's choosing to follow christ choosing to 
yield our desires, even if we don't want to. Mm-hmm. Choosing to lay down our will for God's will. Yeah. And that, that is how you can avoid being a fool. Yeah. And there have been times, um, I've said to you, Allie, if you do this, you are being a biblical fool. I have said that to you. Yes, you have. I have heard that. And I say it only because it is the total opposite of doing the good thing, the right thing, the thing that will yield good results, the thing that will that will bring about the right, good, blessed results. Yeah. And so that's something maybe to live in light to live of. Out, yeah. yeah, to live out. And a way I think a way this actually just kind of came to me. A way to help with that is trying just starting with the basics and trying to live out the fruits of the spirit. Yes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Found in Galatians 5-something. <laughs> I think. Somewhere in the 20s. 5-20-something is where the fruits of the Spirit are found. And that's a way to just start and can help you not become a... A fool. A fool. But asking the Holy Spirit so... so if and listen is... to... Listening... Bleh. Tongue-tie, y'all. Listening to that discernment. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It is the fruit of the Spirit, meaning it is what the Spirit in you will yield. So, are you going to the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, discernment? Are you laying down your life so that the Spirit can work in you? There have been times I've said, Lord, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. I need help. Yeah. And actually, I'll be very honest it was in regards to money, mm-hmm. self-control with money. Lord, this is a spot where I am foolish. Yep. I need help. S- Holy Spirit, please bring about self-control in me over this issue. Yeah. And I can only do it through you because it is a fruit from you. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. That's all I have on that. I hope, like, do you have anything else on that? Like, be honest, we could probably find rabbit trails that we would go down for hours. <laughs> we have, yeah. like, we've literally been sitting on the couch watching Ghost Adventures, and all of a sudden we'll start on this Bible topic for some whatever reason because they said something, and we've sat there for three hours till like midnight just talking about it. Like, we go down these rabbit holes. I think, so, I think that's good, though. I, I think, think it's very good. I actually encourage that because it's just a way to grow and discuss and figure out each other's points of view, and it's it's peaceful in a way. It's weird. Healthy discussion, I think, is very good to have. Yeah. And so. it brings about other perspectives that maybe you, you didn't haven't think about. thought about. So, would you like to pray us out this time? Sure, I will do that. Alrighty. Dear Heavenly Father, I just, as we sit here today and I'm looking outside at this beautiful sunshine, I just thank you for that. And I thank you just that you loved us enough to not only give us your son to save us, but that you actually even revealed yourself to us in the beginning because you wanted the relationship. And we are sinful, foolish creatures, Lord. And I just pray and ask that your Holy Spirit will will talk to us and that we will grow in discernment to hear the Holy Spirit, Lord, and that we will live in awe of you and that we will walk in wisdom. And Lord, if we have a foolish way in us, I pray that you will reveal it 
to us and that your spirit will speak to us and that we will listen. And it's in your name I give all of these things, dear Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging hanging with us, guys. Thank you so much for checking out Walking in the Sun and God. And we'll see you guys next time. And thank you, Mama, for being willing to do this. I kind of actually like it. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. And we get, oh, like, we're, it's weird. Like, we're discussing with you guys, but we're also kind of discussing with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, I like, with each other, so... It's funny, I, I, you guys, while we're doing this, I just think about all of you out there, and I, I want you to know we really do think about you guys. Yeah. You're part of this discussion. No, you guys definitely are, and you're listening in. I hope it opens up discussions within your own lives, and I hate saying this because it almost sounds like I'm wanting the recognition and the fame for it. But go ahead and share this with someone. Yeah. Because it's them. You're opening them up to the discussion. discussion. I hate saying it because I know some people will be like, they're talking about sharing your show again and leaving a review and they want that publicity. That's the opposite of what I want. Like, I don't even own social media. Like, my mom can attest to that. Like, Mm -hmm. I have zero social media because I'm not into that. But by sharing this with someone else, you're not benefiting me. I could care less. You're benefiting that other person and opening them up to a discussion that you could have with them that they could have with God that they can have with their friends and with their family. So if you feel called to go for it and just remember, and you have to trust me on this because right now it's just word of mouth. I do not care. It doesn't really benefit me in any way. Yeah. Like it really doesn't like, so again, thank you guys. Thank you, mama. And we'll see you guys next time.